Hello, and welcome to Fraud Eat Strategy, an FTI consulting podcast series in which we explore the myriad ways that fraud, corruption, and misconduct can derail strategy and cause havoc. I'm Scott Moritz, a Senior Managing Director in FTI's Forensic and Litigation Consulting segment, where I assist clients and their outside counsel in managing their response to event-driven white-collar crime, misconduct, and bribery incidents. Thank you for listening. Cybersecurity risks seem to be expanding exponentially. Business email compromise schemes are among the fastest growing financial crimes. Ransomware attacks are crippling hospital systems, disrupting manufacturing and retail operations and supply chains, and threatening our critical infrastructure. Personal identifying information is being harvested millions of records at a time from credit bureaus, government agencies, and financial services companies, among many others. And our displaced workforce has created new vulnerabilities in which the lines between network security and the softer targets comprising the many millions of home offices have forever been blurred. Cybersecurity is at the top of most organizations' list of critical risks and is often cited by C-suite executives and board members as their gravest concern. Threats that are this complex and amorphous require strong partnerships, including inside of the organization. At first glance, cybersecurity and internal audit would seem to have very little in common or little need to interact with one another. Indeed, that's probably the case or still the case in many organizations. Our guests today, however, have taken a different approach. Joining me today are two executives from Global Specialty Materials and Chemicals Manufacturer, W.R. Grace, Chief Audit Executive, Karen Albert, and Chief Information Security Officer, Stephen Davis. Also joining us today is FTI Senior Managing Director, who is also one of the leaders of FTI's cybersecurity practice, Jordan Ray Kelly, who will be co-hosting. Karen has been with WR Grace Internal Audit since 2014. She was previously a director in PwC's risk assurance practice for over 10 years, where she provided internal audit compliance risk management and Sarbanes-Oxley services to healthcare payers, providers, and clients in other industries. Stephen has more than 18 years experience across all facets of information security, serving in leadership positions for financial services firms such as Morgan Stanley, Navy Federal Credit Union, and with a wide range of experience managing global cybersecurity operations, IT security infrastructure, risk management, and incident response programs. Jordan Ray Kelly is a Senior Managing Director and Head of Cybersecurity for the Americas at FTI Consulting. Prior to joining FTI, Ms. Kelly served as Director for Cyber Incident Response on the National Security Council at the White House. She was previously Cyber Division Chief of Staff at FBI Headquarters for over 10 years. Welcome, Karen, Stephen, and Jordan, and thank you for joining me today. Welcome here. Thank you. Hi, Scott. So, Karen, increasingly, boards and audit committees have been looking to internal audit to play a leading role in managing cyber risk by helping the board and the audit committee to assess digital risk and the sufficiency of the organization's mitigating cyber risk controls. How did you and Stephen first come together? Well, Scott, it all started with the fact that I had already built a very strong relationship with the vice president of IT and the whole IT department. The VP of IT already considered me and my team trusted advisors to the department. We had delivered both assurance and advisory projects that added real value to the IT function over the last several years. So as a result, I was asked to participate in the process of interviewing and selecting our next CISO. 
During those interviews, part of my line of questioning was around wanting to understand their perspective on and their relationship with internal audit at other organizations. Stephen expressed how important he felt it was for IA and InfoSec to have a strong partnership. When he joined the company, we made that a reality by setting up a cadence to stay connected. The board and audit committee have made it very clear to me how important visibility into the status of our cybersecurity program is to them. And so I take that relationship between internal audit and information security very seriously. Leading industry practice in many areas of risk and to include cyber suggests that there's a need to have a risk assessment before creating and implementing a cybersecurity multi-year audit plan. Stephen, how important is it to perform a cyber risk assessment in coordination with internal audit? And what recommendations do you have for other CISOs on how to forge a mutually beneficial relationship with internal audit? Hey, Jordan, that's a, uh, that's a great question. First, I'm not sure about professional relationship with other CISOs I have with their audit teams, but I've always viewed them as a strategic partners in a lot of cases as an extension of my cybersecurity team, which holds true today at Grace. So when we talk about a cyber risk assessment, establishing benchmarks and the objectives within, both teams have the obligation to the board and the audit committee to bring cyber awareness with regards to business risks and the mitigation plan. So it's important that the cybersecurity and internal audit team remain collaborative, transparent with cyber assessment approaches, output and path forward. So we're not presenting different messages regarding the board's risk profile to objective leaders. Now to answer your second question, times have changed for when CISOs were hesitant to work with internal audit outside of their yearly program review initiatives. Today, CISOs need to have the same trust and mutual relationship with internal audit as to do with their vendors, because whether they understand it or not, internal audit is a business line of defense for uh, their program. Like Karen stated earlier, our partnership has thrived because we have maintained our communication through transparency and collaboration. If any CISO wants to have a successful program, their relationship with internal audit has to be authentic and strong. Thanks, Stephen. So it's critically important for internal audit to be independent from other parts of the organization so that they can maintain their objectivity. Karen, what advice do you have to your internal audit colleagues on how to forge a close working relationship with your cybersecurity counterparts while still remaining independent? And what are the potential pitfalls? That, that's a really great question. Thanks for bringing that topic up. We have established an ongoing assurance program where we're continuously monitoring the strategy and operating effectiveness of our cyber program. I have a co-sourcing relationship with one of the big four firms, and this program is led by the IT audit partner under my direction with input from deep cyber subject matter experts. Through this program, which is most definitely an independent audit process, we have built a strong relationship with Stephen. He sees the value in the work we are doing, the subject matter professionals we are bringing to the process, and also he recognizes the value that we can be as an ally in helping to make sure he is able to achieve his objectives. This has developed into a partnership where we're comfortable being transparent and able to work together for the good of our company. Internal audit is often called upon to audit areas of compliance or highly technical areas that fall maybe outside of the typical internal auditor skill set. So how has WR Grace bridged the skill set gap and enabled internal audit to effectively perform cyber risk related risk assessments and audit procedures? 
this is definitely a challenge and it's exactly the reason I have structured my department with a combination of both grace and co-sourced resources. By partnering with a big four firm, I'm able to leverage the deep expertise of cyber professionals and avoid the challenges of having to hire and train those resources. We use this strategy for areas beyond cyber, like manufacturing reviews and other more complex and operational and compliance audits. It used to be that many network intrusions and data breaches were committed by trusted and sometimes unwitting insiders. But more recently, it seems like external hacking has really matured and technological exploits have become far more sophisticated. The axis really seems to have shifted towards external threat actors. What are the main exploits that you've been seeing in recent years and how do you team with internal audit to counter them? That's another great question, Jordan. What I would say as of late, the world has seen a fair share of downstream exploits as a result of weak procedure and technological or security controls from third-party vendors. Just look at some of the recent uh, high-profile data breaches that were a result of external threat actors exploiting vulnerabilities that had downstream impact on consumers. We know there is no 100% bulletproof solution that will prevent these type of exploits, which is why we have partnered with Internal Audit on enhancing our SOC reviews and kicking off a third-party vendor risk management oversight program. Although we may not be able to identify all the underlying risks for each vendor, these initiatives do provide us with some assurances around their cybersecurity program maturity. Thanks, Stephen. So auditing for compliance, corruption, or cyber risk, it often means comparing an organization's program to legal requirements, authoritative guidance, especially frameworks, and adherence to the legal framework and program requirements. There seem to be more cyber frameworks out there than there are in other specialized areas of risk management. How do you select the framework on which your program is based, or how did you, and how does internal audit measure against them? Another great question, Scott. So my approach to selecting a framework is based on past experiences, industry adoption, along with the company size and the maturity of the cybersecurity program that I'm undertaking. With Grace being a global company in the midst of establishing a dedicated cybersecurity team, we all collectively felt NIST, CFF, NIST framework aligned with our initiative goals and objectives and gives us an opportunity to scale. We had some internal discussions, you know, around crosswalking NIST and CIS and, and ISO to establish a hybrid framework. But for the sake of consistency, we deferred that approach until the organization cybersecurity program reach an ideal uh, maturity level. Internal audit aligns our audit programs against the standards Stephen and his team are following. Our co-sourcing partners, a deep understanding of the NIST cybersecurity framework and bakes that into the audit scoping and build work approach. So I think we went from talking about never talking about the three lines of defense to never stop talking about the three lines of defense, it seems. Internal audit is the third line. The CISO is part of the second line, along with other IT and risk management functions. And the first line is the business itself and IT operations. How important is it to capture the hearts and minds of your colleagues within the business? And what techniques have you both employed to engage with Grace's first line on issues of cybersecurity? This is a great topic, Scott. At Grace, awareness of their role in the program has absolutely been an evolution. Several years ago, our training was somewhat ad hoc. But under Stephen's leadership, we've developed a really comprehensive cyber training program. 
This year, we also did a major communications program throughout the year, but really heavily during Cyber Awareness Month. But I don't want to steal Stephen's thunder, so I'll let him tell you more about that and our other awareness programs. Scott, Karen is spot on, but this again is representative of our partnership. And without it, the awareness program we put forth would not have been as successful from my view. Through our global awareness program and the other initiatives, we wanted to brand our cybersecurity programs. Our colleagues view us as, a, as trusted advisors and not just, you know, individual who are people who just assign uh, the mandatory training and report when they fail one of our phishing simulation exercises or fall victims to a phishing attack. This is why we started promoting a tagline, I cybersecurity champion, so that our colleagues understand cybersecurity is a shared responsibility and they too play a huge role in protecting grace from emerging uh, threats. You know, this global pandemic has forever changed how companies operate with the majority of people still working from home or in some type of a hybrid situation. And this seems to have potentially heightened cyber risks coming from things like home networks and routers that might not be secured, lack of up-to-date antivirus software, the types of vulnerabilities that are introduced by bringing your own device, crisis management, business continuity, all of these things are really showing us that there's a need to grow our programs to proactively identify threats lurking on the network. How have you been able to adapt your cybersecurity program to this new paradigm, and how has internal audit helped root out the emergence of these new cyber risks? So Stephen and I have a regular cadence to meet one-on-one, and often the primary agenda is talking about emerging risks and what's been in the news lately. And how is Grace addressing those things and responding to those issues? I frequently forward him news articles that I see, thought leadership that I've read or run across, as well as information I'm hearing from my various chief audit executive networks. Our code sourcing partner also shares their own thought leadership directly with Stephen and his team. But what's really important here is that I'm not afraid to ask him, does this apply to Grace? And if so, what are we doing about it? We are in the process of implementing a GRC tool that Stephen will be using in 2021 to start documenting his risks management systems and start performing his risk assessments there. This will provide us even more opportunity to interact and collaborate. Now, Karen, I I couldn't agree more. You know, I also have to agree that we do a great job with providing each other with situation awareness updates throughout the year. The one thing that I will add, though, is I do feel that we communicate and collaborate a lot more during the pandemic since we tend to stay online now a lot longer, which has helped the cybersecurity team uh, progress. Well, I can attest to the fact that Karen does this because she was the very first listener of my very first episode of the podcast who told me that she listened to the advice given by the guest and disseminated it to her colleagues. So. I don't know if I gave you proper attribution for that. You are forever the first person to act on the advice from the podcast. Thank you for that. You're welcome. It was a good podcast. It's a very good podcast. Well, thank you. Well, I'm glad that you guys are able to join us. So at the beginning of the episode, we mentioned that one of the drivers leading to closer collaboration between internal audit and cyber is board and audit committee demand. How important is it for the board to have individual directors with above average cybersecurity acumen? And what's the sweet spot in terms of how often the board should be hearing about cyber risk and associated internal audit activities? So I think Grace is really on the cutting edge and having designated one of their board members as the cyber expert of the board. And he's appropriately qualified for that role. And he's also appropriately engaged with both Stephen and me. 
For Grace, our sweet spot on reporting follows this cadence. Twice yearly, Stephen reports directly to the board. During other meetings in the cycle, I report on internal audits monitoring program to the audit committee. Grace is unique in that all of our board members attend all committee meetings. So they're hearing what internal audit is doing directly from me, not through some other reporting avenue. When I do my annual internal audit risk assessment, one of the board members that I interview every year is this cyber designee. This year, Stephen actually joined me for that meeting. I'll let Stephen speak a little bit more about his relationship with the board cyber expert. Hey, thanks, Kara. You know, like some of us may know, not all company boards have a designated uh, cyber expert, which goes to show how important cybersecurity means to not only the Grace team members, but Grace executive leadership. You know, my relationship with our cyber export board member has definitely helped mature our cybersecurity program over the past few months. As Karen stated, we have started to have more informed risk-based discussion, as well as what the cybersecurity awareness level is. And uh, we would continue to have discussions with our board leaders at uh, future dates. Well, thank you, guys. So that's that's all the time we have today. This has been a great discussion. I actually really, it's fascinating how you guys came together, including, you know, how Karen got to handpick who she was going to partner with. Glad that you passed the interview, Stephen. No, it's really interesting. And, and I got to tell you, you know, I've talked to a lot of organizations. You just don't see this level of coordination across every organization. So it's, uh, it's really cool to, to hear about how you guys have gone about, you know, how you got started and then really how you've, you've improved it over time. So thank you guys. And Jordan, thank you so much for co-hosting. Thank you. Thank you, Scott, for the opportunity to talk about it. We think we have a really unique relationship and we're glad to share. I agree. I second that. Sometimes I can be painful for Karen to deal with me sometime, but we get through it. <laughs> at, least, hey, at least we always come out with an understanding. You know, we're on the same page, regardless of, you know, where we start. You know, our partnership shows that we agree on that final deliver at some point. That was WR Grace Chief Audit Executive Karen Albert and Chief Information Security Officer Stephen Davis and my co-host Jordan Ray Kelly, Senior Managing Director, FTI Consulting. This concludes this episode of Fraud Eat Strategy. I'm Scott Moritz, Senior Managing Director in FTI Consulting Risk and Investigation Practice. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of Fraud Eat Strategy. If you have an idea on a fraud or corruption case, topic, or guest you'd like to hear from on a future episode, email us at fraudeatstrategy at fticonsulting.com. Thanks for listening.